Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. Man, this main event, uh, who, as far as it, how it was going to play out, like, didn't know and just thought it was going to be exciting. And sure enough, fucking lives up to the hype. The uh, what? Yeah. What were your thoughts as it was going on? I'm on the same page. I think very maybe before the event started or sometime when we talked, maybe around eight thirty last night. It's like I have no, I still have no idea how this fight's going to go. God, Strickland's defense is so good. His so good. His jab was amazing. His leg checking, like I just didn't put that in consideration. Just how smooth it was. Everyone. Everyone, I mean, it in the Izzy fight, it was the same thing. Yeah. Like he is so good at checking kicks, and you know, Dom had the summed it up perfectly, where he he was like, you know, "This guy fights standing straight up, yeah, and all he does is spar." So how often do you think guys are trying to kick his calf? Yeah, all the time, you know, every single day. So so he better get good at it. And he, I mean, legitimately, there was times where I was like, "Oh, Drakus's leg's gonna break" because he just kept kicking and getting checked yeah it, it was pretty intense and then his the other thing he does so well i mean obviously the rolls and all that but he'll like frankenstein arm it and yeah. just put his arms yeah. completely <laughs> straight out to deflect the hooks and it, it's it looks weird it doesn't seem like a sound defense but like that coupled with bending backwards leaning his head away he does not get hit. Yeah, it, it was it's very impressive. Yeah, it's very bizarre because like if I try to fight like him, I would get beat up so bad. Right? Like it's just <laughs> one of those things where it's like if I was like, ah man, I see Sean Strickland do it. I want to ask you this. Just off the top of your head, tell me how you scored each round because the judges have uh, yeah. two of the judges scored it exactly the same. There's one other judge. But first of all, did you agree with the winner? After like your initial, I'm sure you're gonna watch it again. You might have a different opinion, yeah. but right now, did you were you thinking, okay, DDP won this fight before they announced it? I it was really hard to say. Yeah, I thought DDP did enough because I I did think he won those middle rounds. Yeah, uh, the the two through four, three obviously kind of hard to tell. Yep, and and even it, it's so hard with a Sean Strickland fight. Because so much of what he does is just kind of subtle. Yeah. And it looks like he's getting hit a lot of the time when he's not. Mm. And so I didn't know how that was going to be scored. Obviously, uh, noted doorbell hater DDP, his his eye swelling up like it did was a little worrisome from the standpoint of we saw earlier in the night, and, and we'll talk about the Tavares uh, City fight later, but where damage really mattered to the judges. Yeah. And so as that eye was swelling up, I was thinking like, oh, we might have a Joanna Whaley situation yep. on our hands where there's just very visible damage on one guy and not on the other. Now, DDP ends up, you know, cutting his eye open and that kind of evened out yeah. some of that damage. Uh, but yeah, that was my thought. It was it, it very likely could have been two two going into the fifth. Yep. I personally didn't think it was, but it very easily could have been. And then you know everyone gave Strickland round five, but I thought Drakus did some good work in round five too. I agree. And and so yeah, as they're reading off the scorecards, I thought Strickland was going to win it just based on 
the very visible damage on the eye, the uh, some judges and a lot of fans feel you got to, I mean, Dana White even said it, you got to like beat the champ to become the champ kind of thing. And in close fights, sometimes people do side with the champ, especially. But one thing that I did think factored into it uh, was the crowd's turn for DDP. Yeah. I think their reactions to him taking over the fight, what factored into the judge's mind. Yeah, I, I really think it did. And this is going to be a fun one to rewatch. Not because I don't think this is the most exciting fight. It was a great fight, but it wasn't like I wasn't on the edge of my sheet, seat. Like it was late. I'm chilling on my bed, like being like, please don't fall asleep. Right. Like, yeah, it's like just late. tired old man shit. But rewatching it is going to be like, okay, now let me watch it knowing the result and seeing if I can, you know, uh, back that result up. I thought, Man, it, it's going to be interesting to see who DDP gets matched up with next. I don't think they do the immediate rematch. No. I don't. I mean, we don't know about Izzy. I don't know why. I don't even know why. I mean, other than name value, Hamzad is on the top of the list, and it's like, why? You know, it's very, very bizarre. Don't get me wrong. I'll watch it. But I actually would rather see, like, a Hamzad versus Strickland. I think that would have been yeah. real fun, you know? Yeah. I don't know what I mean, that huh? I don't know what the division is going to look like, but man, DDP five rounds. We know he has it in him now, and because he was mm -hmm. getting peppered, bro. Both eyes. Yo, that that jab is amazing. Was, it's beautiful, and you heard him talk about yeah. it. He was like, it felt like just getting hit with a rock. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, I don't want to do that. That yeah. sounds awful. Yeah, uh, I was amazed at how big Strickland looked compared to DDP. You know, everyone talks about how big of a middleweight DDP is. Yeah. And obviously Strickland used to fight at welterweight. And I thought Strickland looked bigger. Really? Just taller, like a little more filled out. And I don't know if you saw the pictures leading up to the fight. Like Strickland very clearly has added muscle mass. Yeah. Recently. But yeah, I just thought like as the two of them were standing there, and I do have to say Strickland looked really weird in the black and gold shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that is one of the things is you see these guys fight in the UFC for a long time, and now that that's the championship shorts, yeah. it's it's kind of crazy to see people in them sometimes. It's like, oh, that doesn't look right. But yeah, I just like early on, I was like, oh, Strickland looks really big com compared to DDP and uh yeah, I, just the, I, I didn't have oof. that thought just because I think yeah. DDP looks so barrel chested. You know, he's kind of mm -hmm. like it, it looks different. Yeah. But man, it, the division is super interesting. Now we we knew the division was going to be different with Izzy not being the champion, but Izzy's name is still on people's lips, right? It's hard not to. Uh, I and and Strickland, I guess, tweeted out during DDP's post fight press conference he said that the headbutt really changed the fight I, I i need to go back and see where a clash of heads was because usually the ufc will catch those type of things right usually yeah. they'll catch them so if that's what caused the cut that's unfortunate well we think it's a like a a punch landed where it's really a cut i mean where your headbutt but i yeah, mean it looked like there was a couple cuts it looked like there was one like up on the scalp yeah. and then the one on the eye yeah i mean the one on the eye was definitely a punch yeah. like they replayed, they replayed that. that one yeah that's what i'm saying yeah. so i'm like i wonder where the head but and, and maybe strickland's not saying a headbutt caused a opening it's just maybe a headbutt dazed him or something but mm -hmm. i don't know man it's it was a it was a really great title fight for the middleweight it, the middleweight division is so open now you don't know what's going to happen i don't need to see an immediate rematch of this fight though i, I don't no. think i don't think strickland 
I mean, he didn't defend his title. It's not like it's necessary. Yeah. He might be a guy, though, that sticks around almost in a Max Holloway type. Maybe. Just because his style is so difficult to figure out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Poetan caught him. Yeah. But he didn't, like, just beat him up. Caught him and knocked him out, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what happens like, Poetan. Yeah. yeah. This is the only time, unless you're Bruno Silva. Yeah. This is the only time where we've seen um, Strickland, like, really get beat up yeah. at middleweight. You know, and obviously he beat up DDP too, but this is like the most hurt we've seen Strickland. One of the things that was super impressive to me was how quickly he kept standing back up. I was just we haven't really seen him get yeah, we haven't really seen him get taken down much. But now that he was, I mean, he got taken down multiple times and just boom, immediately just like shifted to the cage, got up. It did not seem it almost seemed like more of an annoyance for him than like a struggle of just like, oh, fuck, I got to stand back up as yeah. opposed to like, Ooh, and, how am I going to build? Yeah, and DDP even said that he's like the takedowns at the beginning or the second round wasn't for a takedown. It was to disrupt his pattern. So, okay, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it worked because things changed, right? And I really liked the visual and I think Dom or maybe both, the, both Dom and DC were saying it, but... He just kept getting a little bit closer. Each round, he was just closer. Yes. It's close. It was, and you saw it, right? You saw the adjustments, which means DDP, we already know he has high fight IQ, but you're seeing it real time. So it makes it exciting that if Strickland w- would have retained his belt, you know his style, and it's like, can people figure him out? Now we have this new thing with DDP where it's like, you know, what can people figure out about him? I think there's fun matchups. I just don't know where the UFC is going to go because Dana White said Tuesday we'll know. What yeah. what's gonna happen on three hundred? The rumor is trying to get him and DDP and Izzy at three hundred, which would be I don't know. I don't know. That'd be Quick turn around with a busted up eye. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, I just I, I get it. DDP doesn't want to have to say no to a quick turnaround twice, but yeah. I mean his eyes are swollen, dude. So it was bad. Yeah. yeah. The one thing that uh, kind of before we talk about a, a potential matchup, the, one of the things that. I thought DDP did really well, and I'm interested to see the next person that fights Strickland uh, if they do it. Is he stopped kick trying to kick the calf? Because as we talked about, yeah. Strickland checks every fucking one of those. Yeah. But he just started blasting kicks to the body and mm-hmm. to the head. Mm-hmm. You know, open stance, blast the kicks, and Strickland blocks a lot of them. But I wonder how much of that then led to just a ever so slight slowing down yeah and then that's why ddp started to get closer and eventually start to connect on some of those bigger shots and, Absolutely. and so i want to see if if somebody else his his next fight you know if they try to follow that same blueprint of like yeah i'm not going to try to kick the calf even though it seems like i should be able to i'm not going to wing hooks even though it seems like i should be able to but just start blasting kicks at this guy to to try to slow him down so then I can find the mark. And see, and that's why I think someone like Hamzat would be fun just because the wildness. I think uh, bringing in some wildness towards Sean Strickland, that's what I really want to see because Poetan's not, uh, Poetan's the anomaly right now for Strickland's like middleweight career. Yeah. And he's just so measured and, you know, there's, there's risks, there's high risks to fight him standing up. Mm-hmm. And Strickland's going to take that chance because that's who he is as a person. And he, you know, got, he got shown up for it, but someone like wild, like Hamza would be fun to kind of see how deep, because if Sean Strickland can employ that jab to anybody, it's going to slow anybody down. Right. Damn. So, so Hamza's going to try to get his wrestling 
more? And is does he have more success than DDP? Does he have less? I don't know. That, I think that's a really fun fight. Yeah, and and let's also not forget about the other man that beat Strickland at middleweight, who I think should be getting the next title shot, Jared Cannonier. Yeah. Um, only thing I have with Cannonier is that he's older, and at some mm-hmm. point, older people are going to be older, right? Yep. So, of course, if whoever's earning it's earning it, but yeah. That's yeah, I just I think Cannonier he's proven it at you know fighting five round fights, not gassing out. Yep. And I think that this is his opportunity. I think he fights at a very measured pace mm. where cardio doesn't necessarily come into it because yeah. he's not, other than when he was absolutely beating Vittori's brains in, <laughs> he's not like a very volume heavy guy. Yeah. And the amount, just because both him and DDP have that kind of like blitz style. So can you imagine the just like car crashes that would occur when either one of those guys just decides to go yeah, like a, that? That fun. to me, if you can't get um, Izzy ready, then yeah. like that, that's the one. Or you set that one up regardless. If DDP wins, you do Izzy DDP in Africa. Mm-hmm. And if uh, Cannoneer wins, cool, Hamzat. Cannoneer. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would like to see it play out in that manner. Part of it is just, you know, Cannoneer military guy and and just has one of those people doesn't talk a bunch of shit, just works really hard, is really good, and doesn't get the due that I feel like he he really deserves. Um but, part of it being bad performance against Izzy in, in the title fight before. Yeah, but the weird thing is too that we have to put in consideration we're talking about Izzy maybe having his title fight off of a loss of losing his title. Mm-hmm. It, I mean like real second time. Yeah, realistically it's like Izzy probably needs to have a fight before a title fight, you know? Yeah. Ag- agree yeah. because why why do you get like I get long running champ, one of the best middleweights of all time, but you already got your immediate rematch. Yep. You lost and you got it back. And then you didn't defend it again, and you lost again. And it's not a so it's like, not a rematch. It's a new challenge yeah. for an for a belt. I mean, it would be fun to see Izzy run it back with Strickland, right? Have some <laughs> information now. Strickland's fought another fight, but is I don't know. I don't know what they do with DDP because if you're going to Africa, you think you would you would hope that the person in front of him is Izzy. Yeah, yeah. you have like yeah. you have to do that. Yeah. I feel like that's. Could you imagine, and I feel like they'd probably do it in South Africa with yeah. DDP being the champ, but like all of the history there. Yes. And those, like, oof, that that would be a wild fight week that, I mean, the the way that you could build that yeah. would, would just be, awesome. be huge. Yeah. The other one that I was really, really looking forward to on, on this card when it first got announced was that uh, our opener, for the pay-per-view with Movsar Ivloyev, and I thought it was hilarious that Dom kept screwing it up, and Anik was like, I know they don't like us using the first name, but hey, just do just it. Just say Movsar, <laughs> yeah. I don't blame yeah. him. But that fight, that was, it was an interesting fight. I thought Arnold Allen looked really good early on, yep. was super loose, pumping out the jab, but there's just something about Ivloyev that is... It seems like guys can't really figure it out. Yeah, because Allen had Allen's stand up looked really good in the first round, but then Ivloyev does what he does. He's going to get your hands on you. His takedowns, his takedowns are so aggressive too. It's just like yes. it's so aggressive. And to your point, I, I think we talked 
shortly after this fight. Allen shows up in the third round hard again, but it's like, man, you're too little too late unless you're going to get the stoppage or 10-8 a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It's very, very bizarre to watch somebody that knows they have it. It's like, are you holding back? I, 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 don't, I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is if, if, if he's not holding back, but he just has like another gear for like yeah. last five minutes of my life type shit. You know, like if you look in, you know, in, in that way, how people look at it. But it's just bizarre because Ivloyev, well, the knees, the knees were a game nice. changer because yeah. I'm talking about the illegal knees. The, um, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with it, though. Yeah. I agree with it, right? Like you, th- you think they were illegal? I think, that, I think that it was perfect the way it was handled. I think that they're illegal, but I think it wasn't egregious to take a point he didn't need mm-hmm. to stop it, but it changes the fight. It seemed like Evloev was different after that because it changed momentum, first of all, right? Uh, yeah. Because they, they, they separate him. Now Arnold's back standing up where he seemed to have a success. He's in that third round mode where it's like, I'm going to get you. And Evloev isn't on the cage where he can maybe grab him, take him down, and stop that attack. And then kind of so, like stop the pressure. So you felt it that them breaking up hurt or helped Allen, not Evloev? I believe so, yeah. I believe. Mm, see, I, I, I think the other. See, I believe that Evloyev got his little break, but for me, I think what might happen, let's say, on legal knees, is that Allen has him pushed up against the cage. Evloyev is going to grab him, take him down, and stop that momentum. So I think that it just gives him a little bit more time to get it. But rewatching it, I agree more on DC side. I know Dom was kind of being like, "Dude, he's lifting him up," but it's like not really because uh, I mean. His hands on the ground when he gets need, his hands comes up every time, right? So yeah. his hand is touching the ground. Sure, he might be playing the game, but that's part of the rule set. I think they're illegal knees. Who was the ref for that? Goddard. Yeah, yeah. I think he did a great job in like just explaining what's going on. Hey, this is a hard warning, but we're gonna continue the fight. Yeah, I, I just think it it raises a a pretty big question because clearly the people that were announcing didn't know. Uh, yeah. what what the rule was they all thought it was the the new rule where it has to be weight bearing yeah apparently in uh where were they toronto yeah toronto. apparently that is not the case there that it's any touch so you can play the game yeah. you know which like what what the hell are we doing you, we have to have they're called the unified rules and but they're not the same rules it's fucking dumb <laughs> yeah <laughs> Fucking stupid. Like yeah, I, that dumb. word means something, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the so that that's the first thing, right? And especially if you're a fighter, like Arnold Allen did not think he was doing anything wrong because he thought, you know, you have lawyers playing the game. So they tell us not to play the game. So here we go. Sure. Even if he was, even if it was a weight bearing thing, and this is another reason why I, I like what Goddard did, was he didn't stop it after the first couple of knees. Yep. It was the one where he was against the cage and his hand was like firmly planted on the ground, which weight bearing or not, that would have been an illegal knee. Sure. It was after that one landed that that he broke it up. It just it it sucks for Allen in a situation like that because I mean he, he busted busted him open yep, with open. that. And and so yeah, and, and then you also have to wonder like how much did that affect Ivaloya for the rest of the round? Mm-hmm. But I saw some pretty good takes on X where they where people were saying if we have to question it then like let's just get rid of that rule I, <laughs> you know, like one way or the other I agree like either you can't do it period doesn't matter or you can and I'm all for you can because it changes the game it prevents 
you know, guys from just dipping their head. There were, I forget the fight, uh, but there was somebody was just teeing off on the back of someone's head and they did not stop. Oh, it was Malat and Magni. Like, there was a point where Malat was just wailing on the back of Magni's head and it was like, hey, that's pretty sure that's illegal, guys. Well, uh, but they just didn't give a fuck. So that's well, the thing that inconsistency I, the sucks. thing that's hard about it is that it's because it's a, a hand because like, would you be would we be talking about this if his knee was down? Right, if his knee was on the ground, and it's like I think that's kind of a goofy rule too. Uh, no, I'm not a fighter, but I still think it's kind of a goofy rule. The difference is like the hand you might not be able to see the person like touching the ground, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's strange, but it's still a rule. And I, like I said, it's it's one of those things where I just think Goddard handled it well. I think it was a, yeah. a very now. The thing I wanted to talk to you about is. It doesn't seem like they did some of the new protocol shit that they're saying, right? It was an illegal strike, and they didn't, like, talk about a time thing. It was just, like, when Goddard said go, it was go. And I don't think it was, like, a five-minute let him. It was – that's that was the that was the kind of thing. But I think the right man won. Uh, I, I think yeah. what was beautiful was his little alligator roll out of that, that ninja choke by Allen. I think it was beautiful. I have a note that, like, that was so beautiful to me to watch because – like one of the things about not being a fighter and you have the commentators that are, is they're like, that's impossible to get out of. And he's like, they, th- what they're impressed with, how impressed they are. You're like, Oh, that's something that was impressive to watch. And then knowing that, Oh, actually this is something that you don't get out of. It was that, that motherfucker's feisty dude. Dude. And you couple that with what happened at the end of round one. Yeah. Where Arnold out was just hitting Grammy yes. rolls, which is hilarious. But Eovloyev's ability to just float with him, yes. roll with it. Like that was impressive. Mm-hmm. And those are the little things that if you don't watch a lot, you don't know how difficult that is for people. Cause you see people Grammy roll out of shit all the time to, to be able to maintain that, especially with somebody who's as strong as Arnold Allen. Like, let's not kid ourselves. He's a big featherweight. He's muscular dude. I was really, really impressed with the Evloyev. I thought, he was really kind of taken over in the second round. You know, he, he hurt Allen on the feet. Yep. And cut him. He, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cut him, dropped him. If mm-hmm. has that almost, and I hate to say it cause it's another Russian, but that like Khabib to him of Absolutely. his hands, his striking is dangerous because you know, what's going to happen <laughs> if he tries to take you down. Yeah. And, and so that, I think he's a problem. Dana White said something in the press conference, which I just don't agree with. He said that was the worst fight on the card, which I, I don't know what he was. Oh, watching. I didn't hear. I didn't hear him say that. That's that's wild. Yeah, I I thought it was a very entertaining, fun fight, and and for it, it kind of sucks because it's almost like okay, they're just going to try to downplay Yevloyev, and and I think he's a an absolute top of the line guy. Was because he- right now the only losses Arnold Allen has in the UFC. Max Holloway, Mobstar Yevloyev. Well, I got to go back to that Dana White comment. Did someone ask him specifically about? Because I watched the press conference. I must have missed that part. That's very somebody. Low. Yeah, they asked him uh, what he thought about Yevloyev's comments after the fight about how he was disappointed in his win because he doesn't like that everyone thinks he's just a decision machine. I mean, unfortunately, though, that's no all in the UFC and it's all, all decisions. I mean, like that's that's that was a weird take because. That's all you're showing us. If you're yeah. only showing us decisions, 
you know, it's like someone I mean, that's Earl an, Allen's never been stopped. Yeah, so. but, but it doesn't matter. You're just showing decisions. How are you irritated that people think you're a decision machine? We don't yeah. care about what happened pre UFC. You know, now you're at the top of the division. But go ahead, yeah, yeah. So I think like, and then Dana White uh, was like, "Yeah, that guy's not doing himself any favors." Like it was, uh, you know, the boring, most boring fight on the card, and I was just like, "Huh?" Ah, like I strange. thought there was that's very very strange. It wasn't even the most boring fight on the pay per view. Like, you know, like yeah. there was two other fights on the pay-per-view that, that I thought were less entertaining. Yeah. We're say Chris than, Curtis than and, the, and, and the yeah. women's band and wait, let's, let's yes. not even try to like hint that we're, that fight was boring. We'll get to it, but yeah, yeah. I thought this fight was really good. And one of the questions w- that I, that I posed or that we posed last week was what does our Arnold Allen do if he can't stop the takedown? He rolls out of it. He gets that. I mean, yeah. he did very, very good. Arnold Allen is really good. He's just not at that level, I think, where he can win the belt yet. So, yeah, great fight. Yeah, great fight. Weird, weird, weird comment by him. Yeah, and I am super excited for what's next for Yavloyev. I don't think that that was a title, uh, no. you know, contention-type fight, but there's some fun stuff out there for him, and, and we'll talk about, you know, what's next for Max Holloway when we do our fight announcements, yeah. but that's one if he comes back to 145, would love to see Evloya versus him. Yeah. Uh, the other one is, well, let's give him the the winner of Ortega and Yair. It has and, to be, and see how that plays. Yeah. Like, can you imagine the grappling exchanges between him and T City? That'd be that'd be awesome. And and I think whoever wins the T City Yair Rodriguez fight, they fight for Evloya. It's a clear number one. Like un- unfortunately for Max Holloway, you're if Volkanovski wins, you're not a title contender anymore. You're just not right. If Volkanovski yeah. beats Saporia, which I hope happens. So, yeah, give Evloy of the winners of those or go ahead and just be like, yo, we're going to give you Holloway, see what the fuck you do. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, you run the risk of, of oh, well, you know, him, him losing. Oh, well. But then, yeah, oh, well. Then then you weren't good enough to, to be a champ. Exactly. But yeah. That's a, uh, I, despite what Dana White said, I want to see Evloy of fight anybody Absolutely. because when you're not getting submitted by Diego Lopez. Yes. Right. A deep, deep choke from Arnold Allen got out of it. Yep. Like this, this guy's danger. He does what he needs to do to win. And I'm, I'm all for that. I don't need to see finishes in every fight not or, me or a fight, I guess. <laughs> yeah. but. Um, and, and talking about Evloy maybe fighting a Max Holloway test. We got Mike Malott trying to face the Neil Magny test and, it he got exposed last night. Unfortunately, he got exposed because the first two rounds you're clearly controlling, and then Magny said, "Yeah, but there's levels." And we just yeah. saw we just saw a level that I think both of us were kind of hoping Mike Malott passed, and he, and he did. yes, yeah, and yeah, uh, what one of the oh, but, but, sorry, one of the telling yeah. things that you really expressed last night, and it's true, is that he couldn't get up for the announcement, and that's insane. It was yeah. insane how gassed you are. For the announcement. You can't stand for the announcement, but yeah, yeah. it was, I mean, it just shows what fatigue does, oh, right? God. Because here is a guy who is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and was mounted and did not look like he knew what to do at all. At all. And, and like, clearly that's not the case. <laughs> you don't yeah. get your black belt not being able to escape mount. Sure. Um, and yeah, so that was, it was interesting too. And it almost seemed like there was a cliff at like, 13 minutes, right? Like two minutes left in the fight. Boom. Switch went off. Out of nowhere. 
out of yeah. nowhere. It's like it's like did he mentally break? Did Magni break him? It was bizarre, man. Yeah, it was, it was a very strange one. I was immediately intrigued because Magni came out or uh, Malak came out orthodox mm. and was mirroring his stance. And one of the things that I'd noticed in my research and then Dom talked about it on the broadcast is Malak really likes having the open stance to fire the kicks. Yeah. So he was, you know, if his the guy he's fighting is orthodox, he's going to stand southpaw and vice versa. And this one, he came out orthodox. And my thought is he was doing it based off of what IMG did to Magni, right? Access to the calf kick, and he immediately just started blasting the calf. Mm. Don't know why he didn't keep doing that. Um, And it almost seemed like he was trying to fight his better nature where there was times where he would go to the open stance and you could almost see that like, oh, shit, that's right. I, I want to mirror him so I can get to the calf and, and him switch back because uh, there was a couple times where he did switch and like blasted the body kick and it, it looked good. Really? Good. I didn't know why he didn't keep doing that. But this is I mean, this is why we talk about the Neil Magny test, because this is a test and Magny held up a mirror to him. And hey, hey, Mike, this is who you are. And was relentless with it. Once once Neil Magny changed the momentum, it was like, let me show you how to finish a fight that you couldn't do to me. It was it was wild. Now, did Malat have the moment get to him? I don't know. Or was it just the opponent? But maybe it's a combination of both, right? The the moment of like, I, this is my crowd. This is what I, I need to win. This just gets me into that next level. And then having Neil Magny in front of you who just doesn't give up on himself. Because even with Neil Magny getting beat up by... Ian Gary, he doesn't give up on himself. And yeah. like all it takes is that one moment. And it's so fun to watch because whoever you were rooting for in this fight, it's fun to watch that experienced moment go where you're like, I'm a vet. You know, like this is what happens with years and years and years of being at the top level is all it takes is one thing. And the one thing shows a little doubt in Mike Mulata or a little tiredness. And it was over and i really like the way you just expressed it it's like he's a bjj black belt and he couldn't even like move it's like he had no idea what to do so it didn't pass yeah. it and good for magni man good for magni yeah uh, awesome and he always magni. wins one lose one win one lose one so we kind of <laughs> yeah, knew you called gonna, it right yeah he you always is it. gonna win <laughs> yeah it was uh it was interesting right and and now we know malat's not up there with yet jack della no shavkat no. Yeah, and, and Malat's in a little bit of a different uh, situation because he's 32. Yep. You know, like, he he doesn't have three, four years to continue to build. He's got a year or two where he needs to be a top 15 yep. guy, if, if that's what he is. So, interesting there. It also makes it that much more impressive of what, A, Shavkat did to Magni. Yes. And and then also Gilbert Burns, Burns getting yep. out in round one. Yep. So, yeah, just levels to the game, and, and it's one of the things that I really enjoy when it comes to MMA is seeing these young prospects have to pass these tests because yep. there's so many different types of tests yep. that that they get to face, right? And boxing is one of the great things that they do in boxing. I think they overdo it in boxing a little bit yeah. uh, where they, on their prospects, they, okay, well, we want you to fight a gritty guy. We want you to fight a southpaw. We want you to fight a southpaw on a Tuesday night in a smoke-filled bar. Like, <laughs> you know, they, they get way too into it. <laughs> but the I I like that side of things, and it that's what makes these fights fun. You know, yeah. people can talk all the shit they want about Neil Magny, but once again, there's levels, and Magny is not a top 10 fighter. He's not. No. But he's one of the 15 best in the world. <laughs> yeah. If that's who you want to be, yeah. 
you have to beat this guy. And, and yeah, absolutely love it. And for Magny moving forward, they keep feeding this guy prospects. Like I kind of feel bad for him to to a degree that or he's taking on, you know, burns on short notice. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to see him fight another prospect right now. You, he just turned one away. So, like, let's let him fight somebody who's a little more established. Wonder Boy's looking for a dance partner. Yeah, why not? Why you know? not? Yeah. Just why they, not? And surprisingly have not fought. So, like, let's see that. If you're going to give him a prospect, at least give him a prospect who's already in the top 15. With Renob. Like a, a Renot. Renob. Renot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, – I think that would be uh, – Help the guy out, right? Ultimate company guy. And, and, <laughs> you and just I know, turn one yeah, away. Exactly. And I know this wouldn't isn't gonna happen because MVP has a matchup, but it would have been fun to see Neil Magny versus MVP, right? Like if you're gonna give Agreed. if you're gonna pass the Neil Magny test coming into the organization, it's like, all right, fuck it, let's do it. But the MVP, Kevin Holland, is yes. Is <laughs> yes. yes. Holland yeah, is very very, very good. Yeah, fireworks. Yeah. Going to be fireworks. Yeah. There were some other Interesting things on on the undercard, and we'll we'll get back to the main card here in a second. But there were a couple. There, well, one Jimmy the Brick Flick starting the card off. I think he now is second or no third all time in winning a fight with uh, strike deficit. <laughs> so my man got outstruck. I think sixty seven by sixty seven strikes was getting beat up. Uh, but just caught him. Yeah, I mean, and that's all it takes. Gordon came out so aggressive, right? And he was, he was, he controlled the whole first round. There's no doubt. Like, it was like, oh no, this is potentially going to be, it. but he came out beating up Flick in the second. And then Flick got that single and it was donezo. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's some of that is that tough weight cut that you don't even make and you, Malcolm yeah. Gordon. What was it, four pounds? No, that was Tavares. He was oh, only okay. one and a half. Okay, over. yeah. So I don't know if it, you know, like if if that once that happens or if he just has a hole in his game. But good for Flick because he was getting destroyed. It was beat up. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, dude. Yeah, he went zero for two on significant strikes in the first round. <laughs> He's just getting beat up. Um, what a dumb stat, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I thought like I thought it was a really nice transition that he had where. And it was Gordon's mistake. He tried to snatch up the high elbow guillotine, yep. couldn't get it. And for Flick to transition that into the, and I'll always call it the Von Prue. Yeah. Uh, but to transition into that where he, he didn't get it because Gordon recovered guard, uh, you know, trapped the one leg, got it to half guard and then eventually guard. But the, just to use that threat to reverse it, get into position and like, Hey, you know this guy. Like that's what he does. He submits people. Those are his finishes. So, like, why put yourself in that in that world? Now, was that the fight last night where they said the Von Flu, but he likes to call it the Von Flick? I was like, that doesn't even it's, sound good. Like that wasn't. Yeah. That doesn't even sound like Von Pru is what it is. Let's just call it that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm much more of a rhyme guy Me than too. the like. I got well, FL and FL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, no, no, no. no, no. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Von Prue train, not yeah. the uh, Von Flick train. No, uh, that just sounds like a like angry Swedish guy, <laughs> Jimmy Von Flick. <laughs> Von Flick can't do a Swedish <laughs> yeah. accent at all. <laughs> yeah, me me neither. Um, and then uh, was glad to see Sam Patterson uh, do what he did against Johan Lanus. 
the same issues standing straight up chin in the air my lord Uh, but he looked so much better at welterweight just physically than uh than he did at uh at lightweight he was way too skinny way too drawn out at at lightweight and so for him to get back on track i mean it was beautiful how he transitioned you know moved right to the to the rear naked got it it was it's quick it was it was yeah it was beautiful yeah and and i'm just always happy like when patterson got knocked out by ashmoos like that was a scary scary knockout twitching on the ground like, those are the <laughs> twitching scary, is never right? good dude no no, no. no, no, no. yeah season and pooping like not a good <laughs> never thing never a good thing and so it's just, anytime so, something like that occurs and a person can can recover and put on a, a good performance glad to <laughs> see it like i hope thug nasty on his return has a good performance you know vicente luque after his brain hemorrhage coming back and and being able to, to get a win uh well, and yeah, also like, you wonder like if there's any that. confidence in Sam Patterson because he looked like so matter of fact. That's like the weight cut got too much for me. I'm here now. And it's like if that if that's what gives you that next level of confidence, you might see the Strickland things, right? The Anthony John, where it's like I just was I I shouldn't have been doing that. And if that's what it's going to be, great. But one thing Dom and DC made sure they let us know as the audience is he thinks that he was getting hit because he's shorter guys. It's like, no, you have a technical problem, which is your, your stand up straight, your chin's in the air. It's not because these short guys are throwing overhand rights. It's because that's what, that's how you fight. You need to figure Mm -hmm. that out because you can't do that against a lot of these people. Uh, Oh oh, (laughs) yeah. Welterweight. Yeah. You can't can't do that. Yeah. It's going to be a, a problem if if you're doing that at, yeah, but good for him. And let's talk about, so Strickland DDP got fight of the night, but let's talk about our fight of the night, which I yeah. think we both agree. And you, you, you're very vocal about this. These undercard performances sometimes just get tossed to the side, but I think fight of the night Tavares versus city. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. The, it is unfortunate. Cause like, I get it. The stakes of Strickland DDP way sure, higher sure. than, than this. This fight was but when you're, Popeye's chicken, was, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was fucking, fucking awesome, awesome dude. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, just a really fun fight. The way that Tavares came out round one, just looking confident at all hell. That left hand is dangerous. When he ripped the body on City and dropped him, um, beautiful. Y'all know me. I, I love a good good hook to the body. Yep. But what City did to recover. I mean, he was busted up bad. Nose definitely broken, oh, bleeding all over yes. the place. I thought he won round two. Every and I thought, oh damn, every judge didn't give him round two. Yeah, wow. that was yeah. And I thought he won round three. He clearly I, won round two to me. Yeah, I sure. thought he won the fight. I I did. Uh, once again, we get into damage being done, and the visual of basically the blood mask was was not a good thing for him, cool. but. His, it showed me a lot for him because you're fighting a guy who came in almost four pounds overweight. I hate it. So irritated. So tired yes. of talking about weight issues. Yes. And you come in with that. You're getting pieced up in round one. You're getting hurt badly. The guy's confident. He's smirking at you. To have the ability to stand in there, fire off shots, take control of that fight. Like that to me... And I don't know if City's ever going to be a championship caliber fighter, but those are the types of things you see with, and I, I reference it all the time, but like Sarukian, Joachim Silva, where are when 
the moment is there for you to just tap out, cash it in. Yep. Be like, all right, like I'm getting beat up. It's not my night. How do you respond? And, and he showed that he has that. And and I agree with you. My my notes actually say from last night, like live notes for me is City comes in and wins round two. It's one one going into third. I agree with you one hundred percent. And I also feel like City won the the third round, right? I think I felt like he won. You know, they're already talking about during the post fight. You know, would we want to see a third? No, not right now, right? Like, let these guys go somewhere else. But Tavares, and I don't want to bring weight cut back into it, but what happens if he cuts those extra and, and then his, his like, can he withstand that damage? It's such an issue with me. What was it, three fighters on this card? That missed uh, weight. Technically, yes. too, but Cashweta no. wasn't going to. Cashweta missed weight. Yeah. I mean, she missed weight. She wasn't close. She had to go up. a. They had to make it up a division. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's consequences to these people. And and the, the, clearly, we are seeing it every week. I, I get irritated every week. We're seeing it every week. There's not a big enough consequence for people to make it a big deal, right? Especially when you're winning. Because imagine you win, but 90% of your purse is gone. It's like, fuck, that's my... And yeah. I like what DC said, too. These guys, because they felt like this was a, a performance of the night, and they don't even get a performance. Mm-hmm. They felt like that. It's like, give them both to City. If it's a performance of the night and you you miss weight, you don't get it. Make it... It was sad to hear. I think it was Flick say he couldn't... He didn't have enough money to bring out his dad or fly out his dad or something. That's sad yeah. to hear, right? So these guys aren't making a lot of money. And if I miss weight, I don't make most of my money still. It makes it that I have to make weight. Hopefully Tavares fix, figures that out because, man, what a great fight. And to just dismiss this as like a, ah, oh, whatever, not a, not a great fight. I mean, there's other the other performances I agree with what they gave, but come on, this fight. It, 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 that's also live notes at the end. Great fight, fight tonight contender so far. That's what I put. Oh, yeah. Yeah, five night contender so far. Up to that point, obviously, it was only five fights or whatever, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it just sucks, too, because, like, the the difference, and I get not everyone fighting on the pay-per-view is is making a ton of money. Like, Arnold Allen was talking in the press conference about, like, he's broke, he doesn't yeah. have money. Uh, but if you're on a 12 and 12, that 50K matters a whole lot more than if you're on a 150 and 150. Correct. And so, yeah, would love to see more of these really good undercard scraps get get bonuses because this was one that I mean, one we thought we were going to get resolution and we really didn't. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you you would like to see guys get rewarded. And you know, your thing with the uh, weight cuts, I still think, and it sounds crazy, but I like the idea of deduct a point pre fight. I think that's crazy. I, I don't yeah. know any sport. I mean, like, I don't know any sport that. I would agree with that as well, so I can't do that. We can go into yeah. that later, but you're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. I, I, I just like the idea because it's, you know, what what does it matter if they take 30% of your purse and you win the fight and so you don't have the loss on your record? I mean, we have seen guys miss weight, win, and then get a better matchup after that fight because they won. Whereas, like, now, if that's a loss for you or a draw because you couldn't make weight, like, that impacts your career, not just your pocketbook. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I would argue for that. Yeah, but the thing with that is, is, I mean, we can go down the rabbit hole a little bit. I'm not saying it's, a like, a bad idea, but let's say you have a knockout artist who just is going to knock you out anyways. It doesn't really affect anything. So 
It's like, I'm going to go in here. I get knocked out in the first round. It didn't even matter. My dude missed weight. He knocked me out. And he gets just paid his full thing. The money. Oh, don't pay them the full. But, oh, you're talking about take money and a, f- and a point? Yeah, 30%, like what they're already doing okay. with the money. And I thought you meant point. instead of money. Money is no. what gets people motivated yeah. because now I can't, tra- I can't pay my trainers. Now I can't pay my, yeah. if I have a nutrition, nutritionist. I don't know. Well, you they, shouldn't pay that nutritionist if you're missing weight. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do their job. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that being a professional, and, and Tavares seemed real genuine. Like, I'm a professional. I got to get my nutrition on point, blah, blah, blah. But you <laughs> no, didn't. You ain't. Yeah, but you didn't, yeah. though. You know, like, you're a professional fighter, but you didn't do something. Anyways, don't want to harp on it. Uh, it, w- it was a great fight. To not yes. see them get a performance bonus sucks. Sucks for them. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what else would suck? If you did not go over to your podcast listening service of choice, hit like and subscribe, follow, uh, so that way you get notified when the episodes drop. Also on X at number one BS pod, so you can see the wonderful live posts during our pay-per-views. Also the um, featured prelim poll and then our fight picks as well. And before we talk some more fights, do you just want to talk about the fight picks real quick? Uh, we both went three and two. Yeah. We had the exact same picks. I tried to church it up a little bit on the, I saw you. the fight picks. and use Making me look like, like I'm pedestrian in my fight picks. I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand what you you're, did. You're lame. I, I got a little <laughs> flair to me, you I know. I see it. Um, but yeah, so uh, both three and two on that. We were four and one both last week, so we are all tied up and i know we had referenced uh before that we were going to do things a little different uh for our fight picks we're going to do the the seasons so th- four three month seasons uh, on the fight picks and our stakes so for the first season uh what we will be doing is uh just a, a nice dinner yeah um, speaking of steaks you know, nice you're gonna be buying me a steak for the first season man well, that's what i'm getting my guy yeah, you have this kind of air of confidence because I allowed you to win no, 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 last no. year. Uh, so we'll, you know, we'll see now that they're the stakes are stake. Uh, and then, first of all, record scratch. You didn't let me do shit. Now, guys, hear me out. Right, your boy's still salty. Apparently, like the salt I'm going to get on my steak that you're going to give me <laughs> because now that we're breaking it down, yeah, like, like we'll see. No, come on, okay. Hey, if you stop copying my picks, I mean, yeah, if that's what you're going to do. If you're going to copy my picks, guys, uh, background things, I give him my picks before he picks his, but whatever. Go ahead. Finish what you're saying. He sees my picks, and then he goes off of those because he knows that I'm the winner. But go ahead. Finish what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not me changing my picks after I see yours and be like, you know what? Yeah, I want to give this one to Dean. It's not that at all. <laughs> okay. It's what you said. Okay. Uh, but then after that, what we will do is we are going to have – uh bragging rights going into season two so uh the loser will have to provide the updates on the records each week uh and do so in a fashion that is very complimentary to the person that dominated them the previous season oh and i'm i'm kind of the dumber of us too and you're real wordy so when i win i want i want some Real big words out of you. You want oh, eloquent? <laughs> See, exactly. I'm like, I want them big words. Yeah, I want yeah, you to. <laughs> yeah, hey, you talk all fancy for me. Yeah, now. I want you to talk fancy talk all like. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's it's, it's fun. It's gonna be. We'll definitely post a picture of Jared buying me dinner after this um, first quarter. So yeah, you guys will see it. Okay, we'll see. We shall see. No, they will see. Uh, 
<laughs> and one of the picks that we both got right, um, Mark Andre Barrio and the action man, Chris Curtis, which for some reason I love his pose. His, his little like yeah, <laughs> pose with the hands up in the air is But this to me. is not an action. This fight, no. this fight, I was very, I was like, man, this is. And one of the things I asked yes, last week was to you was, does Chris Curtis look older? And this performance, like he's like, oh, man, what? It's like, dude, what are you doing? It's just bizarre. Yeah, I, it was definitely confusing, Naked Willem Dafoe. <laughs> and, but the third round was like what we were all expecting for the full fight, right? Yeah. Like that's once round three hit, it was like, oh, this is what I thought round one until somebody fell down was going to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and DC or Dom was like, yeah, it just feels like they're sparring. You hit me, I hit you. It was very, it's, it's the one note I have on here that I said boring fight. It was a boring fight to me. I, I was out of the moment. You know, we're in this pay-per-view, really good undercard, like really good prelims. And it was like, yeah, this is great prelims. I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get excited about the fight. And then, like you said, third round. And yeah, I, I didn't think Chris Curtis lost. I think he won the split decision, but he did himself no favors with that win. Yeah. And there was another clash of heads. Like, I just oh, keep getting yeah, headbutted. Yeah. I think part of it is... As guys rush in, he doesn't move. Yeah, yeah, like he's just there to meet them, yeah. and so I, th I think that's a a big part of it. But you you like to talk a lot of shit to me about my use of the word pedestrian. <laughs> I just want to say, John Anik is an absolute professional, the pinnacle of of commentary <laughs> for for mixed martial arts. And my man said it was a pedestrian start to the fight. So I've today. never so, said that. I've never I'm said not that. Talking you're... shit. All right. <laughs> I, I am just, you know, it's like you dress for the job you want, <laughs> you know? So I'm, I'm just putting it out there. So okay? I never said what you said was not funny or not like a good way to say it. I just said it feels more disrespectful, right? <laughs> it's like saying someone's a chump or to call him a bitch. You know, it's mm. like they're both the kind of same things, but chump a sounds chump. yeah, chump sounds a little bit less harsh than bitch. Pedestrian just yeah. sounds awful. When he said pedestrian, I laughed. I laughed yeah. out loud. I, I, I know you caught it. I was like, this yeah. this guy. Yeah, immediately noted it to, to talk about <laughs> this hilarious. And then for uh the action man moving forward he is top 15, and sure. so that does need to be, you know, the matchup. He just fought an, a non-ranked guy. I don't think you give him another non-ranked uh, guy, or if you do, it needs to be somebody on on the come up, right? Like somebody that that is a prospect. Uh, Ikram Alaskarov, as they announced last night, is no longer fighting Fluffy Hernandez. It seems like it was a staff infection, I think, is what, what he ended up posting. Yep. Uh, but so his return against Chris Curtis, that should be good because I think – Alice Karoff stands in there and does the man dance. And, and I think you're going to, you know, you're going to see some, some action or the other guy that would definitely oblige if he can get past Jack Hermanson is Joe Pfeiffer. I think that's one where they're going to stand in there and throw. Sure. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to do with Chris Curtis. Cause he's just like, you have this confidence in him that he's just like violent. And last night he just didn't show a lot of violence. He, yeah, I mean, last night he got frustrated in round one, right? Sure. Like he showed that kind of the the downfall of some counter strikers, yeah. where like I need you to throw at me for me to execute my game, correct? And I'm gonna get mad if you don't throw at me. But like, well, why don't you throw first? Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and so that 
uh, that was exposed again. It was initially exposed in the Hermanson fight. And so, yeah, it, it's a little unfortunate, but that's why I think Alaskarov or Pfeiffer, like I want somebody to, that is going to bring the fight so that way we can see an entertaining fight with Chris Curtis because it can be, you know, almost like what we saw with Anderson Silva at times where if somebody wasn't wasn't bringing the fight to him, he was content to just kind of stand back. We've seen it with Izzy uh, at times yeah. as well. And and so, you know, just part of the pitfall of, of being a counter striker. And if you're not the elite of the elite, no disrespect to Chris Curtis, but if you're not that absolute upper echelon, if you're not holding the belt, people don't have to bring the fight to you. Yeah, and, and he's not the he's not a title holder or even a contender in this division. So you know, he's yeah. he's he's entertaining. There's something entertaining about him. It just last night that was that was the lull. Well that and the women's title fight were were very yeah. disappointing on a on a otherwise pretty pretty good card. Yeah, and and one that uh, I had talked about was kind of my dark horse for fight of the night and ended up uh, not necessarily living up to the hype. I thought it was a, a good fight. Uh, was the uh, Slender Man, Sean Woodson versus Charles Jourdain. Jesus. Um, which, by the way, the uh, buff did announce it correctly. It was just Sean and Charles kind of sound similar, and the Canadian crowd went nuts. Uh, but it's I the thought, way I he like, said it, though. Yeah, it was kind of strange. Yeah. But watching the fight, I thought it was pretty clear Sean Woodson won. Yeah, me too. It unfortunately, because just because like how lanky he is and how slick he is, you know, he's just out of. It's just like he's not getting hit with shit. I mean, mm-hmm. what I liked about it, Charles Jourdain tried very, very hard to get to him. He didn't. He yes. didn't just sit back. He tried. But it looked like a father and a son like playing around, where it's just like the son just can't get to him. You know, it's just like you know you're too small. It was just very weird to be like you guys are in the same division. It looks like two different. Mm-hmm. Divisions. Woodson looked huge humongous compared and, to him. And he's fun. He's slick. He's every fight he's looking better. better. Yes. And Jordan just didn't he just he's just not he wasn't there last night, right? Uh yeah, it, yeah that, that fight it's weird. It's weird because everything's rolling and he's just out of the way for everything. And it's like he almost knows that Jordan doesn't have anything for him. There was like a confidence that you saw, like a swagger in Woodson that you're like, yeah, you know that you're in control of this, right? <laughs> you just know. Yeah. If it, it was, it was real fun to watch from like, because it, it didn't feel one sided like a one sided beatdown. It feels one sided in terms of like, okay, these two guys are at different levels of their career. Yes, yeah, and uh, like if you're gonna get Sean Woodson, get him now <sighs> because he's he's getting better every fight. The his grappling has gotten a lot better. And this is a guy who I mean, they talk about it in every fight of his. He was a boxer yeah. growing up. He actually boxed at heavyweight, which is crazy. There's a picture out there. It's wild to see. He has like no muscle definition. He's kind of budgy. Um, but, you know, here's a guy who obviously has dedicated himself to the craft. They talked about him living in the dorms with Robbie Lawler, <laughs> you know, at Matt Hughes's hit squad when he was like, like basically a kid, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just decided he was going to do this. Um, and he's, he gets better every fight. You know, I think he learned from the, uh, the Luis Saldana fight that draw where, uh, I mean, He's lucky Saldana thought he could walk off uh, yeah. because otherwise he loses that fight. Yep. Uh, but it looks like he's learned since then. And how do you get within his range? How do you take him down? 
because just the he doesn't have to have perfect technique mm-hmm. because of his size, because of his ability to hang on people. Uh, he's very intriguing. Now he might go out and get starched in his next fight, whatever. But just every time we are seeing this guy fight, it just it looks better. Yeah. He's taking those steps, and it it makes me excited to to see his next fight and when they announce slender man's next fight like i'm i'm ready for it absolutely and then going into the armfield katona fight yeah i don't know man i don't know i i i kind of feel i don't know this 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 one's weird because i don't ever want to like it's it's hard to talk about a fight when sometimes you might need to go rewatch it yeah. Good, good fight. You know that's a, it's a good fight. Yeah. You know, it's just is is good. I guess it's good. Katona has a style that doesn't help him win fights, mm. and and by that I mean basically his his biggest weapon is his conditioning. Mm. But what happened in this fight? You know, he ended the first two rounds in the exact same fashion, taking his back, standing up. Um, but that was about 30 seconds yeah. of each round. And Armfield, who there was a question, you know, does this guy belong with a guy like Brad Katona? Not that Katona's some top 15 guy, but he's a two-time winner of the Ultimate Fighter, is a legitimate belongs in the UFC type guy. Yeah. And Arm, I thought Armfield looked good early on, faded in the third round, which people do against Katona. But if you're relying on that, if you're not fighting a five-round fight, a Katona's down, down 2-0. Yeah. You know, and it, it was arguably the same thing with Cody Gibson, but he just did more early on against Gibson. So there was a, a contentious round in there that he could take to ultimately win. Yeah. But that I think that's something Katona's gonna have to get going sooner. It's great to have your cardio as a weapon, but don't wait for that. Like pace from from jump street and and like let's start wearing these guys out now because once he wore Armfield down, it was Katona's fight, hundred yeah. percent. But it's almost like he's like, it's okay, yeah, you know, it's okay. I'll wear him down eventually. And it's like, but these three round fights, you can't, you can't do that because you give away round one, and if round two is close, you're playing with fire. Yeah, and, and unless you're wearing them down by actually wearing them down, not just letting them fight their fight. There's a difference, like. You see it all the time. These wrestlers do things, hold you against the cage, put their weight on you, where it's like, okay, I'm actually worn down. So by the third round or this end is like, I, I don't think no Magni wore down Mike Malab, but in that situation where the third round, you're actually tired and then you can take over. You're not doing that. Like, yeah, you're holding, like you said, the end of the end of the rounds, you're holding on my back. But at this point, I'm just surviving. So I get to the next round. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it wasn't the most entertaining fight. But I think Armfield clearly won because of the way Katona fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was more so of Katona losing than Armfield yeah. winning. Not no disrespect to Armfield because he fought a good fight, yeah. but it seemed like Katona was the better fighter and just didn't you know, relied on his conditioning, had faith in his conditioning, but didn't necessarily weaponize it early enough. And I think you look at our co-main event and. You say what you will was not an entertaining fight. I'm okay with that. But what did we say? If it's not an entertaining fight, Raquel Pennington's going to be the champion. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. And 
even though the clinches didn't work for her early on, and I know her camp didn't want her clinching because she was getting the best of Bueno Silva at range. Yep. But those two clinches in round one where Bueno Silva was able to, to get out of it. My initial thought was, hey, that's really good for her mm-hmm. because this is what I think is Pennington's path to victory. But ultimately, that threat early on wore out Bueno Silva's gas tank. Yep. And so by round three, she was fucking exhausted. And Pennington was able to, I mean, she started piecing her up in round two, but was able to to carry that on. And once again, we talked about it last week. Pennington just has that thing where it's not going to be an aesthetically pleasing fight. It is not. But she's on a six-fight win streak. Yeah. It, and Say what you will about the division. Six-fight win streak. And when you look at the people that she has beaten during that win streak, and I, once again, I get it is not the deepest division. But when you look at who she has beaten during that win streak, um, it was Marion Renault, Panny Kianzid, Macy Chazon, Aspen Ladd, Ketlin Vieira, Myro Bueno Silva. Like those are all top fighters, or at least they were at the time within the division. It, the only downside, just, the only downside to be saying is like nobody knows most of those names, right? So you don't know, but people don't know. And then watching that fight last night, there mm-hmm. were some times that they're grabbing each other. It's like this looks so not a title fight, right? That that's the problem. But when Pennington was letting loose, she was letting loose. She hits hard. She, her she, she kept her gas tank. Not a good look for Bueno Silva twice. I, I know at least twice where she's just laying on the ground, just doing it. It's like you're that exhausted. It. She looked out of her element. She looked like even when she's trying to get it, it, there was no readjustments of some of her chokes to be like, okay, yeah. let's get it under the neck instead of on the chin. Mm-hmm. It was like. I have this and it looks good, but there was never a point where you're like, Pennington's not winning this fight, right? At least by the third round, you're like, uh oh, this is this is gonna be bad. This is gonna be bad. It it looked it. They didn't do any favors to the division with this title fight, unfortunately, right? Yeah, agreed. And and the moment looked too big for Bueno Silva to agreed. to be completely honest. Like her her biggest performances previously have come in the apex. Uh, on the walkout, you know, it was like, oh, this doesn't look right. She looked, when she, she was looked, trying to get like buffer hyped up, like she she almost looked like she was about to start crying. Like she it looked like there was so much emotion within her to this moment that, yeah, it, and we all know you you get that kind of emotion, that type of adrenaline. Fuck it. That ain't going to last. It's yeah, over. Yep. Yeah, very, yeah, you're right. Her walkout was weird. It, it, and that's one thing that because uh, I was. I don't know what I was doing, but like my eyes weren't on the screen, but I turned over and I looked over at, uh, or I mean, I looked at the screen when Bruce Buffer's like in her face shiny. And I was like, that doesn't even look real. It looked like, it looked like something's wrong with her. Not in a negative way. It was just like in that moment, I was like, oh, that was a weird way for her yeah. to get hyped. But Pennington, I mean, we, we said it, we said it enough times. If it was going to be boring, it was going to be Pennington. What does Pennington look like against Pena? Pena, has an opportunity to go out there and make the division look fun because that fight just it just looked bad. When you hear people complain about uh, lower weight class MMA and then on top of that women's MMA, this is like the example of, well, this is what the championship fight looks like, and that sucks, right? This division yeah. is just struggling, and you, I was kind of hoping it would come out and 
they would look really, really good and get excited. It's hard to be excited for Pennington Pena right now. It just is. Yeah, I, I was hoping Bueno Silva was was gonna like yeah show stopping performance, live up to all the shit she was talking, and then like ooh excited for her to fight Pena. Not necessarily the case, but for as long as Pena and Pennington have been in the UFC, they have not fought each yeah. other. So we do get a, a fresh matchup, and then you know on on top of that, we talked about last week Jermaine Durandamy's back. Yeah. Like there, so there there might be something here. Also, if I am Shevchenko. Like oh shit, I can go win the one thirty five belt pretty pretty easy. How here, guys. how could you not think that? It's like let me just go do that. That's a, what a great point you just. I didn't even think about that. Wow, yeah. If I'm Shevchenko, I'm like that's my competition. I can beat yeah. Pennington. You know, I think I think she's too much of a competitor to yeah. let the Grasso thing go with yes, a draw. Yes, you know yes. where like we both thought she won. Have yeah. not rewatched that fight, but we both thought she won that fight. The I think she's too much of a competitor. But I think if she doesn't get the uh, a rematch, I I think she go do it. Like go do why it. not? Go get yeah. Go get your other belt. Um, she's you know, a Amanda favorite. Nunes, she's a favorite and against fights. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, 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 against everybody. Uh, and Amanda Nunes uh, talked about you know she she's got the itch a little bit uh, to come back. <laughs> I don't think she's going to come back for Pennington because like I mean like she was hugging Tisha Torres yeah. after Amanda Nunes like their that crew is is all friends. But I think if Pena beats Pennington, I think I think we see Amanda Nunes come back. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? Be awesome. I'm hyped for that already. I'm hyped for <laughs> yeah, that what if yeah. scenario. Yeah, I mean, if anytime you can see one of the greatest to ever do it fight. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. Let's well, see it. If that's the case, if she's got the itch and that's the thing that brings her back, I hope Pena beats up Pennington yeah. in her next fight because <laughs> I would love to see that because then you have Pena who has, you know, Good market. Uh, not saying that she's the best marketer, but she at least markets herself, you know. And yeah. um, she'll she'll Pena can get on a microphone and be like, "Amanda, come back." You know, you're so yeah. scared of me. Come back. She could she can make that. Oh yeah, fun. like give us one more. Give us one more, Amanda. That that'd be nice. Uh, so talking the, about. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say the you know we talked about the the upper weight classes and things like that and it's similar women's bantamweight similar to heavyweight on the men's side yes. there's just not as much talent there and when you see the other women's fights that were on this card just a, such a skilled discrepancy it felt like I, you know you looked at uh Priscilla Cashueta who I am never I am rarely I shouldn't say never I'm rarely going to call for somebody to lose their job because it's fucked up. Yeah. But Cashweta is somebody who has this fight was supposed to take place at flyweight. She wasn't going to make weight. So they had to fight at Bantamweight. She tried to eye gouge Jillian Robertson before. Like she has just done some dirty stuff. Uh, and then the performance that she didn't put on against Jazz Davisius and Jazz Davisius looked really, really good. But when you look at what happened in this fight, it was an absolute mauling. Oh my God! The strikes going into round three, two twenty-eight to four. Yeah, I mean it. It showed it. It. <sighs> she fought like she was pissed off that. Cash, how you say Cashweta? Cashweta. Cashweta, like missed weight, and good for her. I love that she's vocal about it because you know I'm tired of this shit too. Ten seven in the second by one judge. What do you think of that? I don't think it's ten seven. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's ten seven. <laughs> be and the only reason for that is there was opportunities for her to finish that she did not take yeah uh i mean when you're training arm bars as a white belt 
like you have your partner just stick their arms up in the air because like that's you know the easiest way to just grab sure. on and do sure. it and, and so like the fact that Cashweda was just sitting there with both arms in the air and uh Jasnavisius never even attempted the arm bar mm-hmm. was a little a little strange i get not doing it two minutes left but once you hit 30 seconds left and it's like okay if i don't get it i'm on my back for eight seconds yeah. cool yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know i was a little surprised about that but the striking differential at the end of this fight was 300 Jesus Christ. So the only fight in UFC history with a larger striking differential was a five-round fight, and that was the Max Holloway. Max Holloway, Calvin Calvin, uh, Cater. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, like, that's the only one. I mean, she just absolutely mauled her. I mean, beat the shit out of her. Uh, By the end of it, Cashueta was very, very busted up. Uh, Was actually glad to see Jasnavisius get get the finish uh, at, at the end of it. Uh, but definitely want to see her add some more submissions to her game because just unfortunately when it comes to the ground and pound, eventually it busted her up, but it it took like a record number of strikes for that to happen. <laughs> she doesn't carry that big time yeah. power on the ground. And so would like to see her. She's active as shit. So if you're wailing away on somebody, now you're going to get those openings. I would like to see her add that part to her game of I worked to get you to loosen up. Now I have the opening. Now I'm going to try to snatch it up. And and I agree with you. And I actually like the fact that she got the sub in the third because I think it made at least me as a fan be like, I want to see her next fight now because it's like, holy shit. If she would have finished her in the first, she looked great in the first. But if she would have finished it, we wouldn't have seen the fact that she can continue the domination through the second. It continued yeah. domination through the third. So it was fun to see that. But... The emotion that came out of her afterwards, the, how people talking about they're talking about in the background, like this was on her mind, and she was out there to prove her point. And uh, honestly, uh, Cashweda, she just doesn't look at that level, right? She doesn't look fluid. She looks stiff. She looks pedestrian. But <laughs> Jazz Davis, she just did what she had to do. She got on the mic, you know, to be like, I hope people are in the crowd. It's like you, like, oh, I hope they're in the crowd too. You know, just like those little things, those little things that make you want to watch their next fight. But, and then to see that stat, 326 to 26 strikes. Ugh, God, yeah. oh, my Lord. And, and Jazz has, like, slowly put together a pretty good resume. Like, mm. let's not forget she was ranked at flyweight going into the fight against Tracy Cortez, which, close fight. I know it was a unanimous decision for Cortez, but, yeah. like, not a bad showing by Jazz So you look at her two losses in the UFC. It's Natalia Silva and Tracy Cortez. Uh, and they're... Jastavisius has something about her that, you know, a little bit of that it factor when they announced the Canada card and she wasn't on it. She's like, hey, guys, you know, hand in the air, let me fight. And then she got the fight. Uh, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. And in uh, the post-fight press conference, she made a Seinfeld reference. Uh, These pretzels are making me thirsty, uh, which is a. yeah, as a Seinfeld nerd, absolutely loved it. Like, they, just there's some per- yeah, absolutely. Uh, but there's some personality to her, which we don't always get from a lot of fighters. And it's not that like, well, I'm just gonna fuck you up, like angry person. No. Like she lets herself be vulnerable and kind of show people who she is, and it's it makes me root for her and, and make me want to see her next fight. And that's the type of shit. Uh, like I'm just saying, like this, the, the little things like that make you go. Oh, I really like this person. Like, I have no yes. reason to like this person, and I do. And another person, Jillian Robertson, she looked like she had the time of her fucking life last night. It yes. was so good to see that. Yes, I I am so glad to see her rebound after the baby shark fight. Yeah, 
because she was getting a good opportunity against Baby Shark. She had put on a, a great performance after dropping down to straw weight. I remember us talking about that when she did drop down to straw weight as far as like, ooh, this this is her division. She should not have been a flyweight. Like yeah. She looks really big and strong for this division. Uh, and so it was a little disheartening to see. Ultimately, she didn't perform to her potential against Baby Shark. Yeah. And then now against Poliana Viana, I mean, she's still... When she got hit on the feet early on, it was like, ooh, you know, Viana cracks. I think we've all seen the picture of the uh, the mugger that she beat up. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, beat the shit Jesus. out of uh, But Jillian, the, my first note watching this is, oh, Jillian Robertson looks really heavy on top. Like, we see it with fighters like Isaac Dolgarian, you know, where it's just like, oh, it looks really uncomfortable grappling against this person. And, mm. like, that's – Jillian Robertson has that – and one of the things, I mean, she's 28. Oh, right? wow. She, she's all, yeah, she's what? I think 13 and uh, eight. 14 and 13 and 8 13 now. And, eight, yeah. and, but she's only 28 years old. Like she came into the UFC as a baby, yeah. right? Like she had barely any fights. Uh, fun fact one of uh, my brother's old training partners uh, down in Tallahassee, uh, Kayla, actually fought her on the regional scene down in Tallahassee oh, back wow. in the day and, and, and beat her beat Jillian Robertson. So uh, good on you, Kayla. She just ended up with some back injuries and never, uh, um, you know, ne never made the next step, but uh, that's a pretty awesome win to have on your yeah, ledger. Yeah, uh, but one of the, like, we're seeing Jillian Robertson just evolve and she's starting to add some of these things. You know, you see with grapplers a lot of the time, they're constantly hunting the submission. Yeah. And it's like, ah, you got to do something else. And we saw it with Mackenzie Dern, not in her last fight, but the one before. Uh, and we, we're seeing it from Robertson now where there's she's picking good spots for ground and pound, not yeah. just little tiny shots, but like, oh, there's the big elbow crack. And then also good spots to attempt the submissions, not just like constantly hunting it, but waiting for the opportunity. I think this is her best performance so far. She stayed safe against a very dangerous fighter on the feet. Set up the takedown, got there, control, took the opportunity for the ground and pound. When a sub presented itself, went for it. I just thought it was a very complete performance. I, I agree 100%, but let's not also act like she did this against the toughest competition either. Um, mm -hmm. Pollyanna, I mean, she's four and six in her last 10 for a reason, yep. right? So yep. she did what she had to do. She like like talking about the subs, just how many submission attempts she did in the first round. It's like it's just nope, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. As opposed to the previous fight that we were just talking about with Jazz Davisius, where you're like, I would like to see more sub attempts, right? So you yes. you, you see that difference of like what it looks like when someone is always attacking. Robertson looked great, and like, and like I said, after she gets off off the win, she just smiled, big smile on her face, like like this is this is what was supposed to happen. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a it was a great fight, but Pollyanna Viana, I mean, she's struggle bus mode right now, right? Like she's yeah. not beating competition when she wins. So she has yeah. this aura about her, but she's not performing. So Robertson needs to do this, keep going up and comp like keep fighting the yes. competition and and she made me last night be more excited for her next fight. Absolutely. And that's 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 what you're supposed to do, right? And I was concerned after the Ricci fight that like, oh, there's levels and she's not at that level. Correct. But then and I get Viana Ricci, two very different fighters. But if you look at the top 15 at Strawweight, 
I mean, the bottom three, Michelle Watterson, Gomez, Carolina Kovalkiewicz, and uh, Angela Hill. Yeah. I, I like Robertson in those fights, right? Like she very much has the possibility to beat a top 15 fighter and and be on that trajectory again, especially being 28 years the, old. The person I have out of those three, the person I think she's Angela Hill, we're always going to believe in her until we can't believe yeah. in her, you know? Top 15 gatekeeper. E- exactly. Right? So, but yeah, but against Michelle Gom- Watterson Gomez and Carolina Kovacavich, yeah, absolutely I can see her yeah. at least being competitive. But but she needs to have that thing to say, am, am I breaking off the top 15? So we'll see We'll see what her future looks like. Great, yeah, I'm great. interested to see her next matchup. Yeah, great card. Uh, This this card had, it did have some lulls, though. It's just unfortunate yeah. like because it starts off nice. It's nice to see finishes, right? It's nice to see finishes to, to cards. And you're starting off the card with three finishes and then, or no, four finishes. And then the Tavar City, you're like, God, this card is dope. Yeah. Then we start seeing some lulls with like the Chris Curtis, the the title fight with Bueno Silva and Pennington. But I mean, first pay per view of the year, who's complaining? Yeah. And, and we got a, not like an all time great fight, but a hell of a championship fight to cap it off. Absolutely. So, yeah. Always, always fun. And that's, one of the reasons I love this sport so much is just that like you never know what you're going to get, right? You you get some really intriguing matchups. It could be a title fight like we see with uh, Strickland DDP, or it can be a you know two guys making their UFC debut in City and Tavares. Great fights, yeah. You know, and and so I yeah, that's why I love the sport. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be something interesting on on every single card, uh, and then we do have some announcements coming up. The card that was in supposed to be in saudi arabia on march 2nd is no longer in saudi arabia now going to be at the apex they said they're going to try to keep all of the fights that were previously announced on that card barring visa issues for, yeah. for guys um dana white adamantly denies that saudi arabia said give us better fights um and i kind of claims he never even talked to anybody in saudi arabia about any of the fights and i kind of agree like we talked about this i think on the phone yesterday or the day before like the UFC, it's a fight night. They're going to have what they have. And I think Dana White's explanation, there's no reason for me not to believe it, right? Where it's just like, we want to get, we want to make sure it's the best fight night card we can have. And if we can't do it, we'll just push it back. I don't have any reason to not believe that. I'm really excited to see what they end up with because yeah. it is a fight night card. I'm not expecting pay-per-view style shit, yeah. you know? Uh, so that one's going to be fun to start seeing it fold, like unfold. Yeah. Uh, we did have some other fight night announcements. Uh, we have an addition to the Vittori Brendan Allen card that's on April 6th, and I just have to bring this one up. The Last Pirate, Morgan Charlier uh, versus Sung Woo Choi. And I know I butchered uh, The Last Pirate's last name. Uh, but the last time we saw The Last Pirate uh, was that card in France where he was double liver kicking Manolo Zucchini into oblivion. Yeah. So want to watch that guy fight again. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, please. And then another fight night announcement. I thought it had been announced. Karini Silva versus Lauren Murphy at UFC 299. But Lauren Murphy has since been removed from the rankings due to inactivity. So I guess maybe she got hurt or something and couldn't fight. And so now, actually, what I think is a much more dangerous fight for Silva. Not as highly ranked, but Ariane Lipsky. Number 11, uh, that fight is the first one announced for the fight night card April 27th, you know, especially after what uh, what we just saw Lipsky do in her last fight to King Casey. 
you know, putting away a pretty highly touted prospect. So I think that that's going to be some uh, some beautiful violence there between Lipsky and Karini Silva. Yeah, that's a, that's a great fight. I know you're a big Silva fan, so this is a yeah, this is a, this is a banger for a free card. Oh yeah, uh, I'll watch Karini Silva fight yeah. anybody. Yeah. Uh, and then we did a pay per view announcements. UFC two ninety eight. Uh, Tatiana Suarez Son hurt off bitch. the car. Yeah, I know. Son of a bitch. She said it's not a major injury that she just wanted to postpone the fight a couple weeks, and they they wouldn't do it. I know you and I. I put on my tinfoil hat and was talking to you about. I think that they're she's going to be way into the alternate on for three hundred uh, with Shonen Yan and Jung. Uh, Wei Lee, but we will see about that. And stepping in to take on Amanda Lemos at UFC 298, Mackenzie Dern. I don't get it. I don't get I, it. Either. I do not understand. You know, looking at the the possibilities for Amanda Lemos, there's not a ton out there. To be completely honest, everyone else is pretty booked up, but would have much preferred to see Vina Janjidobo or Lupi Godinez, who are scheduled to fight each other, but either one of those step up and take the fight against Lemos. I just, after Dern's last performance, you know, the previous performance had us pretty excited for it, but after what happened last time, I just, I don't see that version of Mackenzie Dern beating. Well, well also, Lemos. even if Mackenzie, I mean, if Mackenzie Dern loses that fight against Lemos, if Lemos wins, it's like, well, okay, well, what did that do for your career? Nothing. Yeah. And then if Mackenzie Dern does it, sure, of course. But from Lemos' side, it's like, this doesn't do anything for me because she looked so night and day in her last two fights. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like it was, I look great and I'm losing. It's like, I look great and I, I took out this emotion. The next fight, I got beat the fuck down. So, yeah, weird, yeah. weird matchup. I think the thing for Lemos, though, is you are still, you're on that uh, that 298 card. Sure, sure. Stacked. And, and, um, and you should win that fight, but... Man, it should have been Suarez. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty disappointing because it is a unfortunately a theme for yeah. Suarez with the injuries. Uh, and then another injury, and they announced it on the the pay per view last night. Ikram Alaskarov, who we love to see fight, uh, unfortunately got a staff infection out of his fight against Fluffy Hernandez. Uh, so I had immediately after that uh, posted on to X. You know, unfortunate uh, is Roman Kopolov available. And so all of a sudden the post gets a like by the wife and manager of uh, Fluffy Hernandez. And then I wake up this morning to see that that is the fight that is booked. Roman Kapilov, Fluffy Hernandez, and ooh, excited for that. Y'all know uh, Kapilov is the one that I am very, very excited about uh, at middleweight. And so that is a, I don't know what Fluffy did to people for like, hey, you're in the top 15, you're ranked 13, and oh, you're not going to get this one killer yeah. in Akram Alaskarov who's not ranked. You're going to get this other Russian killer in Roman Kapilov who's not ranked. And I kind of I like the fact that they did that. It's like, we're giving you a bubble guy. We're going to keep it a bubble guy. Why not? Yeah. And yep. if Kop, I mean, Kapilov, like you said, that's the guy that we're one of the guys are waiting for. Obviously, Bo Nickel yeah. for me as well. But. Yeah. Kopilov goes in there and he shows out or if he doesn't then we know so this is yeah. this is we're, we're waiting for some of these middleweight we have a lot of middleweight bubble fighters that we're waiting for Kopilov's taking the chance so good for him yes and this is the opening fight on UFC 298 which is an absolutely just loaded loaded card I mean you huge opportunity you know if I'm uh, 
fluffy i'm like yeah i'm fighting whoever because i get to open up this pay-per-view does not matter to me but we're you know this is Rinya nakamura's on this card the lemos dern fight that we just talked about you have uh Fluffy Hernandez, Jeff Neal, Ian Machado, Gary, Marab versus Sahudo, Bobby Knuckles, Costa, Volk Tapuria. Like, this is a huge <sighs> card. Glad for Hernandez that he gets to stay on this card because he's somebody that I think a lot of people remember him from getting beat by Kevin Holland. Yeah. But yes. he's a, he, yes, <laughs> but he's a fucking animal. And so for him to be able to stay on this card, uh, I'm, I'm glad he's going to get his opportunity. And the fact that it's versus somebody like, uh, you know, hand to master of sport and hand to hand combat. Roman Kapilov just makes me that much. Yeah, this is going to be a great. That's such a good card. Oh my yeah. god, that's such a good card. Yeah, the next three pay per views are just yeah, gonna be I mean, fucking unreal. Like, I don't think we're going to have a lot of the lulls on the main card like we did. Hope not. Yeah, I don't yeah think there so, yeah. there shouldn't be. Yeah, I just uh, don't think so. And then we did have a couple of announcements for UFC 300. Jim Miller on the card. Uh, it is not going to be against Paul Felder, but it is against another you know, relatively old head uh, taking on Bobby Green. Yeah, and, and Bobby Green has to fight. come back from that loss. Um, so, Palatial beating. Yeah, by Jalen Turner. So it's going to, this is a, I'm just happy Jim Miller's on this card. Yeah, yeah, yeah that he, he's healthy enough. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we get to the card unscathed. Uh, but that, I mean, like that's a fight that's a co-main on a fight night. And we don't think anything of it. And now, you know, it's going to be on the fucking undercard of this. That Insane. All the hate that people are giving to 300, you know, I've talked about it a bunch. I don't understand why as long as we get to see the fights. But this, this card's going to be fucking awesome. They already teased a couple uh, other announcements that they're going to have this week for that one. Yeah. Uh, and then they said they're going to announce the headliner, but I... I hate that you're doing I this. I don't right know. I'm cutting you off real quick. I hate... <laughs> That you're gonna go do this, but go ahead. Go go do what? Because I I thought that they've that they've already announced the headliner. uh, Because we have at lightweight Justin Gaethje taking on Max Holloway for the only belt that matters. That's right. Gaethje is defending the baddest motherfucker (laughs) on the planet belt against Max Holloway. We don't need other fights. This could be a one-fight card. Let's go. UFC 300. We're finally defending the BMF belt. I don't have much else to say. You, you don't need to say anything else. It's finally going down. It's finally okay. going down, right? Uh, I, only, I don't. Only I, belt that matters. All you 300 haters, back the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, now, now that that's done with, I don't really see what the point of this fight is. I don't get it. Other than it just being entertaining, but stop. Well, the point stop, is stop, 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 the stop, only belt that matters. I, I thought I just explained stop. that. I just Max Holloway's coming up f- for what you know for what. Yeah, I yeah, I, I'm excited. To see, I think I think it's going to be a fun fight. Don't get me wrong, but Gaethje beating Holloway that gives him a title shot over Oliveira beating Sarukian. Not really. Yeah, yeah I don't I, get it. I think well, Holloway is definitely on a point in his career where, I mean, he's done everything but win the only belt that matters, so he still needs to do that. Uh, but he's also at a point where it's like money fights. He's not beating Volk, and he's beating everybody else at 145, and they have to do something with him where he's not just... There's a reason he didn't fight Ilya to Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, they yeah. don't want him to <laughs> keep picking off all these other guys. Yeah. You're right. Um, and, and so, like, I understand that. For Gaethje, it's a spot on 300. He gets to defend his belt. 
and, right? Cement and, his legacy. And it's it's close to the Oliveira fight, so you can make a case after Oliveira fights that I'm the actual I should fight for the belt next, right? Well, I mean it would time the, up like, so like, so yeah. then Islam could challenge Gaethje for the real belt. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about is, for is the, that what you're talking, I'm talking about? about for the far uh inferior lightweight belt that Jake oh the bullshit belt yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. no I'm i sorry i got you if i confused anybody i'm sorry i'm saying but, Gaethje can make a claim to hold the only belt that matters and then fight for the far more inferior lightweight belt against islam over Oliveira getting that worthless belt before Gaethje gets it yeah belt. i mean you can get other belts to put over your shoulder while you're wearing the bmf because yeah. that's the one you want to wear uh but yeah, it's just it's a it's a weird spot that what has me worried uh, as somebody who absolutely loves Max Holloway. For some reason, I have the Tony Ferguson Justin Gaethje fight in my mind. Yeah, and Holloway gets hit. Yep, you know it's kind of similar to Ferguson. Now Holloway's never been knocked down, uh, which is insane. Insane. But the last time we saw him move up in weight and take on uh, Dustin Poirier, he got brutalized. Um, it, there was a very noticeable difference in size and power. And and, 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 to, with, and to that point, I, I, I'm never going to hit on Holloway. I don't see him knocking out Gaethje, you yes. know? Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, I, I just don't see that no. happening. And if this is a, I mean, it's a title fight, so it needs to be a five rounder, I'd imagine. Um, I'm so tired of you, dude. <laughs> I'm not talking so, to you the rest of the day, man. <laughs> so if this is like a five round fight, like that, that has the potential for uh, serious, I know, damage being done to Holloway. And uh, you know, there's a reason he doesn't spar anymore. There was the really scary uh, interview that he had where, like, he was showing concussion symptoms as he was cutting weight and was, you know, I just I don't want to see that for Holloway. Um, I'm gonna watch, yeah, because of yeah, the belt's on the line. Yeah, the belt's on the line. Yeah. Most important fight that the UFC could make right now, um, and yeah, so we'll we'll see uh, what happens there. But it's an interesting fight. I just i I am a little nervous yeah. for Holloway. Uh, but when you're chasing greatness, you know, when there is this prize. I mean, there's lightweight belts, and there's featherweight belts in every organization in the world. So there's only one BMF belt. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, so, I, I have nothing else to say on that. You're, Holloway, you're right. <laughs> you go chase greatness. As always, appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.